Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright. Dan, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. How are you? Where are you this week? You look like you're in a prison. <laughs> You're uh, very. Co- I'll, I'll let the hotel staff know that you like the place. I'm actually here in New Zealand this week. I've flown over from Melbourne and uh, doing a bit of coaching here this week. So, really looking forward to getting out on the grass in the next three days, and hopefully the rain out there stops. So, uh, so yeah, it should be a good week, mate. And we've got an interesting question for this one. Uh, what books do you recommend for coaches to read? And that's come in via Twitter from Pete. So really interesting one, and we've done a little bit of preparation around this because obviously there's plenty of books out there that we'd recommend. Dan, do you want to kick us off and uh, share your first recommended book? Yeah, okay. So the first one on my list was uh, The Philosophy of Football in the Shadows of Marcelo Bielsa by Jed Davis. Okay. Um, so Jed's uh, a guy that works over in Canada with Otto Fury. Um, and the book is all around uh, Bielsa and his coaching and his influence on other coaches. So this is someone that's influenced uh Guardiola and Pochettino and Sampioli um, and the book is basically it's mostly in possession but it's quite a, a tactical book it's got um, 50 training sessions and it, it talks a lot about the movements and rotations that um, Bielsa enjoys and sort of tries to put on his teams who's very influential on sort of how Chile plays football and then um, you know some of the formations and some of the the, the systems of play he tries to use in his uh, in his matches. So this is a coach that's uh, influenced lots of other coaches and, and a really sort of in, in detail book from Jed. That one I'd recommend that as a as a tactical read. That'd be number one on my list. Okay, brilliant. Sounds good. Well, look, number one from my perspective is legacy. Obviously, I've rambled about it in plenty of these discussions as to uh, a great example of how sport um, really ties into culture. So this book ties into what the All Blacks do. Uh, it speaks to past legends about how the culture around the team is being formed, how it's very much owned by the players. Um, it's got great insights from many of the many of the men that have been involved in coaching the team. And uh, a lot of content there from Gilbert Anoka, who's a renowned sports psychologist who's been involved with the team for a long time. And it's a really good example of how uh, that culture uh, actually translates from what the team's about to the results on the pitch and what is arguably one of the most successful sports teams of all time. So recommend that one. Yeah, that, that had to be number one on your list, really. It, didn't it, it? it did, mate. It's a cracking book. What about you? What's next up? Uh, my second one, I've got uh, Quiet Leadership by Carlo Ancelotti. So, you know, Carlo Ancelotti, obviously one of the best managers ever in terms of um, success winning the Champions League as a, as a player and a coach. Um, and this one sort of goes through his managerial journey, you know, from Parma to Juventus, to AC Milan, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid and Chelsea. And what's interesting about this book is he talks about each job sort of having a lifespan. So how he influences the people around him and how long that span might be. So he talks about sometimes... He knew that lifespan was going to be quite quick. And then perhaps, you know, the job that he had at Paris Saint-Germain, that lifespan was slightly different because he had to influence the um, the sporting directors and, you know, all the logistics team to make, you know, PSG uh, a world force and a, a Champions League sort of um, side. But also interestingly in the book, it's got a, a lot of sort of um, 
added bits from from players. So there's a bit from Becker and there's a bit from Zlatan, and they talk about how Ancelotti actually led the teams and perhaps his sort of his softer way of um, you know working with individuals and, and connecting with people, not just um, not just footballers. And he also there's a, a bit in there where he talks about how he learns from all the players he meets. So he learns the cultures, he learns the languages, he learns different sort of approaches to training. And I suppose, you know, someone that's travelled all over these countries and all over these roles, that's, that's made him sort of who the manager, the manager he is. So, so it's not even strictly a football book. So I suppose it's more of a, you know, a leadership book. So it could be a good one to read in terms of business as well. But mm. yeah, that was number two on my list. Definitely. I mean, Ancelotti's got such an aura about him, doesn't he? Real calm, confident. So uh, sounds like a good read. Um, next one for me would be Start With Why by Simon Sinek, another guy that we've cited in different conversations uh, over time. Um, great book in terms of understanding leadership. So the book really focuses on how a lot of leaders talk about what they do. Um, and it is a sort of more commercial focused book and it cites companies like Apple and why they're successful. And, and the reason generally is, is because they, they understand their why and their purpose. And that then gets, uh, I guess, adopted or really bought into by the people involved in the company. Um, so it's important that we start with why, and he sort of taps into a lot of uh, emotional intelligence, and, and he is probably one of the most uh, influential sociocultural sort of anthropologists uh, at, at the moment. And if you don't want to read the book, there is also a couple of great TED Talks, which are a good little cheat there, but um, so many people would have seen some of the viral videos that have gone out recently around millennials and understanding people. Um, highly recommend Start With Why for coaches, because it's great to understand and, uh, and help develop your own environment. Yeah, it's not one that I've read that one. I have seen the TED Talks and he talks about, you know, that the big companies sort of starting with why and, you know, why people buy Apple products because they, they tap into that. Um, the third one on my list is uh, Pet Confidential. Um, quite an obvious choice, I think, and this was also followed up with the, the Evolution, but I thought Pet Confidential was actually better. Um, so this one is the first season of, of Guardiola's management uh, of Bayern Munich. Um, so the, the book touches on lots of things, but, but mainly the sort of the differences in culture from from what Pep probably understood at Barcelona and then going into Bayern Munich in terms of training methods, but also working with the players. Um, and the, the writer does a good job of sort of breaking down Pep's thought processes and approaches um, to tactics in the big games. It talks about, you know, how players get injured and how he adapts the shapes and also sort of dealing with the counter-attacks sort of mentality in Germany, um, but really sort of behind the scenes and a you know, really good sort of insight to how Pep thinks and, and how he approaches the, the biggest games. Sounds very good. Sounds good. Well, uh, next one for me is uh, Ryan Holiday's book, Ego is the Enemy. Um, Ryan Holiday was a very successful person in business, um, particularly in marketing, and sort of reached a point in his life where a few things came crashing down around him and he sort of had a few realizations. And the book taps into the idea around ego being an unhealthy belief in our own importance, um, ego undermining us on a learning journey. Um, and ego is something that can be managed and directed and, and making sure that we're putting our energy in the right ways. And obviously I've written about this before in my article, Get Over Yourself and, and the importance of staying humble as a coach and embracing the learning journey. Um, I think it's really important to read this book because it's got some real key ideas to give you a couple of examples. Um, it talks about maintaining your own scorecard and kind of keeping, keeping yourself in check as well as ideas like don't fake it till you make it, just go out there and actually make it. Um, so there's obviously a lot of pretenders in any industry um, and it's important. It talks about authenticity and, and just staying humble in your journey as you learn. So messages like always being a student are quite prevalent in this book. So another one worth checking out. Yeah. Um, how do you find the balance between sort of 
football books and books that can sort of help you as an individual and help you as a coach? Would you say that you've got sort of 50-50 balance of that or do you just pick things up that you find interesting? How, how do you sort of select what you're going to read? Yeah, look, I've always been a massive fan of sports autobiographies across the board. So, you know, always reading sports books as a kid and always reading them as a coach. And, uh, and I think as time's gone on, I've sort of looked further afield and I am a believer in looking outside of just football uh, for your content and making sure that you're, you're putting yourself outside the comfort zone a little bit and, and things like productivity and, and uh, just people I find quite fascinating. So I think it's important just to look outside the code. Yeah. Well, in terms of sort of comfort zone, this this next book is the one I'm reading at the moment, which is definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, so the title is Nonlinear Pedagogy in Skill Acquisition and Introduction. Um, so this one's quite a heavy read, quite academic. Um, I struggled to read sort of more than 30 minutes a, a, ago, um, but but definitely some really good takeaway messages um, for coaches working, you know, at all levels. It isn't just for elite coaches. Um, and it, it, basically this book sort of discusses the, the, the complex relationship between the learner and the environment and, and you know, how the coach can design a more real, realistic and relevant practice that will help the players make decisions in the game. So lots of things we talk about and lots of things that we preach for the PDP. And this was, you know, a book that was recommended to me and I, I would sort of recommend it to other people, but but not something you'd read probably for, for enjoyment and, and excitement. It was more basically, you know, t to get an understanding of that sort of nonlinear journey for the, for the player. Fantastic. Well, next on my list is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Obviously, uh, sort of got a reputation as a bit of a godfather in modern psychology, the late, great Stephen Covey. And the book, um, just to give a quick summary, talks about the seven habits um, of being an effective person. One, being proactive. Two, beginning with the end in mind. Three, putting first things first. Four, thinking win-win. Five, seek to understand, then to be understood. Six, synergize, and seven, sharpen the saw. So some really good ideas and principles about how to be effective in what you do. And from a leadership perspective, I don't think there's too many better than Stephen Covey. No, that's a, an all-time classic, isn't it, that one? Um, yeah, next on my list is a book by Matthew Syed. So this is uh, Black Box Thinking. Um, so basically this talks about, you know, how businesses and um, organizations can learn from their mistakes. Um, so. It sort of discusses a, a few different industries and a few different uh, organizations and some that do reflect, um, hence the title Black Box Thinking. So it's talking about pilots and uh, and how, you know, they've made the air industry really safe by by reflecting on some of their practices. And, and it talks about accidents and, and um, you know, events that have happened and how they've sort of addressed those problems. So now it's become more and more safe. The, 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 the main sort of two things that I took away from this book were unconscious bias, which I think is, you know, happens a lot in coaching. So mm -hmm. um, thinking we're going to see something and then it happens, basically. And then with that was the, the cognitive dissonance. So having an opinion on the world or, or seeing the world in a certain light and then the world sort of, you know, you reshaping that world to make sure you saw what you saw. So those were sort of the two main things that I took away from that book. But um, uh, you know, a really sort of popular one with coaches at the moment, and, and definitely one I'd recommend. Yeah, certainly what ties into uh, certainly ties into values-based coaching, doesn't it? And that sort of idea. Um, look, yeah. next creature of habit, myself, Stephen Covey's follow-up to the Seven Habits, the Eighth Habit, aptly named. Um, a really sort of uh, really effective book in terms of drilling down on leadership. So talking about principle-centered leadership, finding your own voice, and then helping others find theirs. So from a coaching perspective, this is a book that resonated massively with me in terms of developing people and developing players. Um, talks about you know focusing on what's important and focusing on a few crucial goals um, and making sure that you translate those goals into specific actions and, and how you're actually going about achieving things. So again, from a leadership perspective, a fantastic read.
Good stuff. Uh, next on my list, I've got uh, No Hunger in Paradise by Michael Calvin. So this one's um, you know, sort of behind the scenes in academy football, isn't it? Um, you know, a book that, that sort of created a little bit of a stir in, in terms of uh, youth football and academy football. Um, so it talks about some of the challenges that players and parents and coaches face. Um, and th- there are a few sort of good good messages in there as well, but a lot of probably sort of the, the risks and dangers of, of players making it and, and people being perhaps sold that dream that everyone's going to make it under eights and some of the um, pitfalls, I suppose, upon that journey. Is that one that you've read? Yeah, it is. And it's one that I enjoyed. I think it polarized opinion in academy coaching circles and, and for good reason. There was some good and some not so good in there. But I think there were some great sort of stories uh, around some of the some of the players that have had success in the environments they've come from. Um, when you know when hearing about stories of resilience um, but I also think it's important that books like this do emerge to keep industry standards in check as well and to keep people honest and and make sure that we're all you know working towards um, the players interests and whilst it was controversial I did think there were some good messages in there for coaches and some good stories to look at in terms of success um, so next up for me would be Carol Dweck's mindset really good understanding of the idea of growth mindset. Obviously, it's become a bit of a sort of uh, pop culture phenomenon in the wor- world of coaching. And uh, and personally, I think that parents should be reading this one as well. I mean, in terms of just having kids around and, and the way we speak, the way we communicate, um, praise versus affirmation, which is a, co- a sort of idea that we've covered through PDP as well. And just the language that we use with young people and, and I guess the dangers of praise at times as well. So really interesting read, one that I'm sure many coaches have read, but if you haven't, worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, that one. And the next one on my list is Leading, the Sir Alex Ferguson book. Um, so this one links into the you know, the recent masterclass we did with Paul McGuinness and, and just the whole sort of culture at Manchester United. Um, so, you know, when we when we think about Alex Ferguson and, and these things are in the book as well, you know, discipline, control, teamwork, motivation. So it, it, it's how, um, you know, Alex Ferguson sort of built a team from from scratch and how they became, you know, such a dominant team that that sort of reshaped themselves. Um, but he but he also sort of talks about things that probably go under the radar a little bit in terms of delegation and dealing with failure. So it sort of links into that that black that black box thinking. Um, but yeah, a book that's definitely should be on everyone's list. Yeah, it's a quality read that one. Uh, next for me is the Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. Been around a little while. Um, it really sort of cracks open the myth of talent and, and it's obviously a word that can be controversial at times and misconstrued at different times but talks about it from a neurological standpoint um, in terms of how our brain works and, and a little bit of neuroscience there but as well as talking about the ideas of deep practice and, uh, and trying to chunk practice into, into small units and such. Um, so it's, it's obviously a topic that's been written about by a few people. But I think from from the the biggest thing that I took out of this one was just the understanding of how the brain works and 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 some of the case studies that he sort of showcased from different areas, whether it was the arts, music, or sport. Uh, again, a really interesting read for coaches and one I'd recommend. Yeah, I thought that book was quite a good one of sort of balancing the science with with real life case studies. Mm-hmm. So it, although it's quite a heavy topic, it didn't feel like a hard read. Um, no, that one. That one was quite good. I've got a similar sort of vibe for, for my next book. So my next book is uh, Bounce. Um, this is one of the first sort of non-football books I ever read. Um, I think we've got a, a link on the PDP website that's, that's worth sort of diving into. Mm. But basically, this similar to what you've just said, this one talks about what is talent, 
um, deliberate practice and how important is practice. So there's a great story in there about, you know, one small street in Reading that's produced more uh, table tennis players than the rest of the country put together. You know, is that luck? Is it talent? Is it the the environment? And basically there was a, a, a small sort of shed or practice area that the members of this club could go to and practice um, throughout the day. So it was 24-7, everyone had a key. And so there's a really good sort of link between the environment and, and the individuals and, and that sort of um, maybe that that talent hotspot that they produced. Um, but yeah, a really good book that's not just about football, it's loads of different sports. And again, links in some of the science about how people learn and how people develop. So yeah, that was one of the first ones I ever read. Have you read that one? Um, yeah, I have read that one. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. A good book and uh, definitely worth checking out. Next on my list is uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... And just to keep our iTunes rating, I won't finish that uh, that sentence, but a great book by a guy called Mark Manson who's in his mid-30s and, uh, and you know, sort of really strikes on the idea of values. So he talks about finding something important and meaningful in your life and uh, productivity again, what's worth spending your time and energy on. And from a coaching perspective, you're talking about people that are often doing things because they love it. And I think this really struck a chord with me around that. And, and I guess how you want to allocate your time and energy and how values influence the decisions you make. So definitely worth checking out. And I've seen it, you know, going through the airport recently, it's still on the top 10 shelves everywhere. So highly recommend that for coaches. And uh, I just want to go on to the next one because they sort of tie up a little bit. The Art of Thinking Clearly by Rolf Debelli. Um, similarly to a couple of the books you referred to earlier, this one talk, is sort of anecdotal, short, sharp chapters talking about psychology and ideas like survivorship bias, confirmation bias, social proof, authority bias, and all the things that affect our decision making. So definitely recommend people check that one out in terms of understanding how decision making works. Brilliant. You broke the format there of our, of our system. I don't like know if I'm going to be able to continue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the num number nine on my list, I might do number 10 as well, just to, to stick with you. It's like the new ABBA penalties. Um, number nine on my list is uh, Inverting the Pyramid by Jonathan Wilson. So this book is all about um, the history and evolution of tactics. So basically, how did football start all the way through to sort of the modern era? Um, really, really interesting. And anybody who's interested in sort of tactics and shapes and why players are called certain positions, you know, why is a centre-back called a centre-back, um, you know, how did we evolve from playing with two to three to four to some teams playing with five and the WM formation? It, it, it's a really, really interesting book. Again, quite heavy and there's a lot of the sort of the culture and the social side going into the sports and how how the, you know, maybe the pressures from outside affected the manager's choices. Um, but but a really, really interesting book. And the, the chapter uh, on Saki and AC Milan is, is definitely worth a read. Um, that's something I actually have on my iPad and I tend to try and read sort of once a month, not the whole book, mm. I'm, I'm not that good, but, but, but try and read a little bit all, all the time because there's things you see on Match of the Day and Monday Night Football and some of the things that are sold as new ideas. I think you go back and then, you know, some of these ideas they were doing in the 1940s. So it's always interesting to see what is a new idea and what's just sort of an adaptation of an, of an idea from the, from the past. But um, definitely, if you're into your tactics and your shapes and formations, I'd, I'd recommend that. And then number 10 on my list, I've got uh, Athlete-Centered Coaching, Developing Decision Makers. So this is a great book from Lynn Kidman. So this book talks about putting the athlete or, or, or probably the child at the center of all your decisions and practices. 
So this one, again, not really about football. There's loads of different um, contributors from loads of different sports, but lots of practical examples. Um, and it kind of links the research to practice. So it, it talks about, you know, sort of what the science says and then what that looks in in real life. And a lot of the messages that, that we talk about on a weekly basis are in that book. So if you're interested in child-centered coaching or you want to put, you know, your individual at the the real heart of your practice that that would be a book to start with what's what's next on your list mate yeah well lucky last on my list mate is a book by malcolm gladwell called blink and it's a book i read a little while ago but it essentially taps into decision making and how pressure affects decision making so he uses case studies like uh, police who are under enormous amount of pressure in dangerous situations and how their decision making is altered when that kind of pressure is on. And I know this is a topic that's being studied uh, in research around sport as well. So definitely recommend people go and check that one out. So that takes us to number 20 on the list. Any final thoughts from you, mate? Yeah, I mean, this was obviously quite an interesting exercise from our point of view to sort of come up with 10 each, but I'm sure we've missed some off the list. So, you know, people have got a, a favorite sort of coaching book or football book or leadership book or, you know, anything that can sort of help coaching. And they think we've missed it off the list. If they want to want to get in touch through the, the Facebook uh, or through the, the Twitter uh, at player DP, uh, I'd be really interested to, to sort of hear what you think of our list. And perhaps if we've missed your favorite off, get in touch. Definitely, definitely. And obviously we've been through a lot of books, but highly recommend that those who haven't joined up jump on the website. We've got an enormous library of content, hundreds and hundreds of articles, uh, dozens and dozens of videos where you can get in there and, uh, and really enhance your learning as a coach. So obviously got to give the site a little shout out. Dan, thanks again for your time. Hopefully we've helped Pete with that list and we'll look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.